Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello everyone, this is Suzanne Knabernikol from Police Science Doctor, your weekly dose of police science snippets. These are basically three golden nuggets that are found in various articles and research papers that were published recently in the fields of criminology, forensic psychology, investigative psychology, psychology in general, policing and law enforcement in general. So, so I try to go through all these so you don't have to because you don't usually have access to them anyway. So I try to wade through them and see what might be relevant, what might be applicable, and I try to find something that's actually useful, practical, and not very theoretical or abstract. So before I get to that, what I'd like to show you um, and remind you of first is that we've got the Global Policing, Evidence-Based Policing Conference coming up. You'll see the information here. It's a 24-hour live broadcast and it's the first of its kind. It's global. It's the Societies of Evidence-Based Policing coming together 12th of October um, And they're going to start broadcasting first from New Zealand for 12 hours, and then a TV studio in London is going to take over. So just go to globalebpconference.com and you'll be able to see all the information there. So I'm involved as a media partner. I'm helping with the getting the word out there. So it's globalebpconference.com. Don't miss it. It's the first of its kind. So basically what you can do is you can register as an individual or you can register your entire department or organization and you'll be able to tune in live at whatever time you're working or whatever time you're free, whether it's three o'clock in the morning somewhere in South Africa or 12 noon in the Philippines, you'll be able to tune in and you can watch all the content back for up to six months afterwards. It's definitely worth looking at. And the, a lot of, a lot of practi police practitioners from around the world and academics are going to share findings that are going to be really useful and applicable to you. Now, getting back to the snippets, so don't forget globalebpconference.com. Just going to show you that again, globalebpconference.com. Right, the first snippet for this week is about gun ownership and stalking behaviors and the relationship between, between the two. It was found that victims whose partners or ex-partners own guns experience increased coercive control and increased physical violence. They also increase a longer duration of stalking and more threats during the relationship and during the course of stalking. So an offender who also owns a gun, and I don't think they make, the, I don't know if they made the distinction whether it's, um, you know, legal or illegal ownership, but they are definitely a bigger risk to the partner or ex-partner. The link to the original research, as always, is in the email that I sent out. I did mention that in the beginning. If you subscribe to the free Police Science Doctor email list, which you can do now if you haven't already, you will get these three science snippets every week into your inbox. So every Tuesday, I send them out to all to everyone who's on the list, and you get the link to the original research in there. And you also get access to all the previous Police Science snippets from the previous 91 weeks. The second snippet is about super recognizers. Super recognizers are individuals with superior face recognition ability. And they have been, they started recruiting them into some police departments for obvious reasons. You know, somebody is, is on the run, they will go through a lot of video footage, CCTV and other cameras, and they'll try to find them. And they're much better at recognizing faces than others. Um, 
It has been found that they have superior abilities, not just considering the entire face globally, but also in only seeing smaller parts of faces. And additionally, super recognizers make more fixations, focus less on eye region and distribute the gaze more than typical viewers. So the eye region is actually less useful when it comes to recognizing people correctly. So they move, they, they focus their gaze on other things, you know, I, I don't know, mouth, nose, the jaw. Perhaps these are less changeable. Our eyes can look very different based on whether we're really tired, whether we're sick, whether we've got makeup on, for example. Other regions are not so changeable. Perhaps that is one of the reasons, but they tend to look at other areas more. So even if you're not a super recognizer, if you're trying to match faces correctly, then focus less on the eyes, focus more on the other areas of the face like the super recognizers do. And the final snippet for this week is about money bill and that compared to pre-trial risk assessments. So in America, I, d I don't think we've got that in the UK at all, but in America, you can um, put down money for bail so that somebody can be released before trial. And they looked at whether that is predictive of whether somebody is going to turn up for the court hearing or whether they have to be um, chased down basically or whether they're get, getting rearrested for something else. They found that the bail amount set when releasing someone on bail is not associated with either failure to appear or arrest. So whether it's a high or low amount didn't actually make a difference to their failure to appear or rearrest. And people who appealed, people who did fail to appear or were rearrested actually had higher bail amounts on average than people who did not. In contrast, pretrial risk assessment scores were significantly associated with outcomes in the inspected direction. So a high risk assessment or risk assessment that came out with a risk assessment of high um, or with a result of high um, tended to be right. And risk assessment that said the, the, the risk of this person not appearing as low also tended to be right. So they're more, um, they're probably more useful to use in whether in assessing whether somebody should be released on bail rather than just putting up a money bill, because the, the amount of money bill doesn't seem to have an impact on whether somebody is going to turn up or not. So I hope that you found um, one or more of these useful. Uh, as always, go and have a read about, have a read up about, about these articles if you want further information. Some of them you can't access in their entirety, but you should all be able to access the title and the abstract, which is the first, which is a first summarizing paragraph of what the research is about and what it found. And um, I'll see you next week as usual. And don't forget to go to globalebpconference.com and have a look to see what's in store for you there. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps, and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page, you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.